Hey friends, my name is Rick Renner and I've been waiting for you. I can nearly see you sitting right there and I want to say thank you for letting me come right into your space and today together we're going to begin studying the partnership of the Holy Spirit and how to plan for today, tomorrow and for the future. So many people have questions about the future. What's coming down the pike? What's going to happen next? How do we plan for the future in this crazy world? Well, when you have a partnership with the Holy Spirit, He's the one that knows everything about the future, and He'll show you how to plan today, how to plan tomorrow, how to be prepared for the future. And that's why I want you to order the entire series, which is called Partnering with the Holy Spirit and Planning for tomorrow and the future. It's five parts. It comes in multiple formats and dear friend, this series is just jam packed with revelation that will change your life. Today's program, we're gonna be covering two reasons why prayer is not answered. But when you partner with the Holy Spirit, he'll show you how to pray so that your prayers are answered. We need to partner with the Holy Spirit. But you can order this series by going online or by giving us a call right now. And it comes with a study guide, and the study guide has all the points and the principles and the Greek words. Everything in this series is in the study guide so that you can read it while you see it or while you hear it. And because I'm teaching on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, I also want to encourage you to get my book, which is called The Holy Spirit and You, Working Together as Heaven's Dynamic Duo. God wants you and the Holy Spirit to be the dynamic duo. The Holy Spirit was sent into this world to be your partner. And if you learn how to partner with him, he'll walk you through life and give you all the power you need to achieve every victory. This book is so good. It's real hands-on. It's very practical. It will walk you right into a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. And you can order this and everything else by going online right now or by giving us a call. And when you become a partner with our ministry, and a partner is anyone who regularly gives financially into our ministry. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 10, 21, the lips of the righteous feed many. I know that's my job. And when you become a partner with our ministry, you help us feed many all over the world. Everyone does not have available to them what you have available to you. You have near you, available to you, good ministry, Bible teaching. Everybody doesn't have that. And many people around the planet are crying out and saying, God, please send me a message. Send me some kind of a signal that will bring me teaching that I can trust that will answer my questions. And when you become a partner with our ministry, it's amazing. You leave your own world and touch someone else's world by simply going online and giving a gift or giving us a call to become a partner and giving a gift regularly, you can reach beyond your world into someone else's world to take them the answers they're praying for. I think that is amazing. And if you're already a partner, I want to say thank you. And if you're not a partner, please become a partner with our ministry. We need your help and people are crying out for answers. And the moment you become a partner, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone, which is dedicated to partners. And we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. We always give these two books to anyone who becomes a partner with our ministry. And please remember that if you need prayer, we're waiting for the phone to ring right now. 
Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it, that my Father will be glorified. And if you'll let us know how to pray, we will begin to intelligently, with faith, pray for God to move in your life, and He will, but we need to hear from you. So give us a call or send us your email, and the moment we hear from you, we're going to release our faith for God to move in your life. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. I am so thankful that you let me come right into your space. And today we're going to look at a really important text that many Bible teachers don't like to touch because they don't know what to do with it, but it's in the Bible and it's very important. So we're going to look at it. And today you're going to find out why some things may not be working out for you. But let's go to James chapter four and begin in verse one, where Pastor James says to his readers, from whence come wars and fightings among you. They had wars and fightings taking place among them. He says, come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Then he says in verse two, you lust and have not, you kill and desire to have. They had desire, but they were going about to reach the fulfillment of their desire in the wrong way. They were going about it wrong. He says, you lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not because you ask not. And then he says in verse three, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. Now let's go back to chapter one, just for a moment to verse one, chapter one, verse one where we find out what is happening to this particular group of believers that James is writing to. And in James chapter 1, verse 1, he says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, and notice who he's writing to, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Those words scattered abroad are the foundation to the entire book of James because these words scattered abroad describe what has happened to his audience, to his readers. The word scattered abroad is the Greek word diaspora. And the word diaspora was a very specific word used to describe the planting of seed. Well, there are two ways to plant seed. First, you could take one seed and plant one seed after another seed in a nice, neat, orderly row. That was one method of planting seed. And then there was the second method, which was called diaspora, the very word which is used in James chapter 1, verse 1, translated scattered abroad. And if you planted seed in this way, it meant you took a whole satchel of seed, you just reached your hand into the satchel, grabbed a whole handful of it, and with no rhyme or reason, you just begin to throw it all over the field, let it fall where it may. That is the word which is used in James 1, verse 1, where James describes what has happened to his readers. They have been scattered abroad due to persecution. They've lost their homes. They've been uprooted from their families, from their lands. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their finances. And they have been scattered all over the eastern lands of the Mediterranean Sea. And they are really, really struggling in their lives. 
Now, when you come to James chapter 4, you find these struggling believers are slugging it out. They're fighting to regain what they have lost, but they're going about it wrong. And my friends, you may have right desire, but if you go about it wrong, it's not going to work out for you very well. And that's what we find in James chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. So go back there, James chapter 4 in verse 1, and very slowly we're going to go through these verses. Let's read again, James chapter 4, verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? Verse 2, you lust, yet you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and you war. Yet you have not because you ask not. Verse 3, you finally ask and receive not. Why? Because you ask amiss, which means your motivation is very, very important in the eyes of God. And here James says you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. These verses are so very important, especially if it seems things are not working out well for you right now. There may be an answer here for why things are not working out. Let me ask you first, have you prayed about what you're doing? God wants to restore to you everything that's been lost. Say amen. He wants to restore your finances. He wants to restore your health. He wants to restore your relationships, your marriage. God is in the business of restoration. But my friends, going about it the wrong way creates havoc. And that's what you find in these verses. They hadn't even prayed. They were just going about to reget what they lost. And that's what we read beginning in James chapter 4 and verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you. Do you know why they had wars and fightings? Because some people were being blessed and others were not. Some people were regetting what they had lost and others were not. And rather than rejoice with them that were getting victories and those who were receiving, it made those who were not getting victories and those who were not receiving angry. And as a result, wars and fighting was beginning to occur among them, among them in Greek is in whom it, right in their midst. And James says, from whence? In Greek, it is the word poth, and it means from where, from what place is coming all these wars and fightings, these wranglings in the midst of you. And the word wars is the Greek word polemos, which is a terrible word that describes a full-scale, strategically fought war that is continued with unrelenting force. It is an intently fought skirmish. They were fighting it out in the church. Why did you receive? And I didn't receive. And they were going about to establish themselves and retake what they had lost. But they hadn't involved God in the project. He goes on to say they have fightings among them. The word fightings is the Greek word makomai. This word makomai means to quarrel to dispute, to argue, to get into strife and to get into contention with someone else. It is the very word which means to engage in battle. It was used to depict armed combatants who exchanged blows with deadly weapons. That tells you how bad the strife was in the church. It came to denote men who fought 
hand-to-hand, striking, punching, wrangling, rolling on the ground as they slugged it out with each other. It pictures people that are odds with each other or bickering, squabbling, and slugging it out, not with swords or fists, but with words. This is a war of words as they're fighting with each other. They do not have the ability to rejoice that somebody else has been blessed when they have not been blessed yet. And they're just slugging it out in the church. This is low-level, carnal behavior. And then James goes on and says in verse 1, From whence come these wars and fightings in the midst of you? Come they not hence, even of your own lusts? And when it says not hence, the Greek actually means they emphatically originate out of your own lusts. And the word lust here is a pretty bad word. It's the Greek word hedone. The word hedone pictures an obsession with getting what you want. It is an obsession. They were obsessed. I've got to get my stuff back. I've got to get my house back. I've got to get my money back. Going about to establish it all by themselves and failing to rejoice with others who were being blessed because all they could see is that they hadn't been blessed yet. And that's why he goes on and says, even of your lust that war in your members. And the word war here is the Greek word stratiomai. It describes a full-scale war. They were slugging it out in the church because some were doing well and some were doing bad. Some were being blessed. Some were not. Wow. But it reminds me of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, where Peter writes, and he makes, says these words, Dearly beloved, I beseech you. The word beseech in Greek, parakaleo, I beg you, I plead with you. It's him dropping to his knees, parakaleo. He's appealing to his readers. Dearly beloved, I beseech you. I'm praying you. I'm begging you. As strangers and pilgrims who are just passing through, abstain from fleshly lusts that war against the soul. Fleshly lusts wage war against the soul. He says abstain from them. The word abstain is a Greek word, ap echo, from the word apo, and the word echo, the word apo means away. It carries the idea of distance. The word echo means to have or to hold. When you put the two words together, it means hold distance between yourself and something else. To abstain, to withdraw from, to stay away from, to put distance between yourself and something else, to intentionally and deliberately refrain from something to put physical distance between you and a person, place, or thing. And James says, if there's anything that's waging war against your soul, put space between you and that thing. Those fleshly lusts, they're not worth it. They're not worth it. Remember, you're a stranger and you're a pilgrim. You're just passing through anyway. Why wage war over something so temporary? But then... If you go back to James chapter 4, verse 2, James continues to describe the dilemma of these believers that are going about things the wrong way. He says, you lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and warn. You have not because you ask not. First of all, he says, you lust. The Greek word epithumeo. The word epi is an intensifier, means over, but it's very powerful in this particular combination. The word thumeo 
describes a passion. When you put the two words together, they're after this thing so bad, they're hankering for it, they're yearning for it. And the word epi is an intensifier. It pictures them doubled over, bent over, hankering, yearning, craving, obsessed. We're going to get what we've lost. We're going to retake what was taken from us. And then he says, you have not. In spite of all that you're doing, still you have not. He says, in fact, you kill. Well, they weren't physically killing, but their behavior was murderous. They were treating each other wrong. The inability to rejoice with someone else that was being blessed because I haven't been blessed yet. Their attitude was simply terrible. And the word kill that James uses in this verse tells us that spiritual slaughter was taking place in the midst of them. This word kill, the Greek word phaneo. It means to kill, to murder, to commit homicide. It is intentional murder. It is slaughter. They were slaughtering each other. And then he goes on and says, you desire to have. The word desire, the Greek word zealous. It's where you get the word for zeal or somebody that is zealous. But in this particular case, it's one who is so obsessed with his own desires that he is blind to the desires of others. He doesn't have the ability to focus on anybody else because he's so focused on himself and what he wants. But this verse says, even though you desire to have, you cannot obtain. And guess what? In Greek, when it says to have, it is such an interesting word. It's not the word that I would have anticipated. I would have thought that it would be a form of the word echo, which means to have, hold, or possess. But it's not. It is a Greek word, epitugano. The word epi, again, intensifier. It means over, on top of. The word tucano. The word tucano means to chance upon something, to fall upon something, to hit the bullseye, to reach a goal, or to hit a target. But when you compound the two words together, it means in spite of the fact that you kill and you desire everything that you're doing in the flesh, you are unable to hit the bullseye. You cannot seem to chance upon the thing that you're trying so hard to achieve. He says you cannot obtain. And the Greek literally means you are powerless to obtain. You know why? Because they were going about it the wrong way. Then he says in verse 2, you fight and you war. That word fight Again, the Greek word makomai, which means to quarrel, to dispute, to argue, to get into strife or contention with someone else. It pictures armed combatants that are wrangling it out, rolling on the ground, slugging it out. It means to bicker, squabble, slug it out, not with swords or fists, but with their words. This was just low-level carnal behavior. And then James remarkably says, in James 4, verse 2, you have not because you ask not. <laughs> the word because is the Greek word dia, which means on account of the fact that you ask not. Wait a minute. They forgot to pray. <laughs> they didn't even pray. They're just out and about to re-get what they lost, to retake what was taken from them. They're out to do it on their own. And James says, hey, you know what? Maybe you forgot to pray. You didn't ask. And the word ask that is used here is the Greek word haiteo, which means to ask with a full expectation of receiving an answer. But they had failed to pray. Let me ask you, how many times have you gone about to do something and when you're well into the project and you're struggling, you remember, oh, I never even prayed about that. 
That is exactly what's taking place with these believers. And then in verse 3, he says, you ask, again, the Greek word haiteo, you finally ask, but you receive not. Why? Because you ask amiss. What does that word amiss mean? It is the Greek word kakos. The word kakos describes something that is bad or something that is wrong. You could translate it. You ask and receive not because it's bad praying. It's inaccurate praying. It's a wrong kind of praying. Well, the truth is there's all kinds of prayer. And I did a series which is called Different Kinds of Prayer. You need to know which prayer to use at the appropriate time. Sometimes people use a powerful prayer, but they use it in an inappropriate moment. Just like there are different tools in a toolbox and you need every tool for a specific event there are different prayers for different situations. You have to know which prayer to use with everything that you're facing. There are many kinds of tools, prayer tools, in your prayer box. Well, they were praying badly. They were praying wrongly. But not only were they praying wrong, they were praying with a wrong motivation. And motivation is very important. This verse says that you may consume it upon your lust. That word lust, again, the Greek word hedone, which is a strong negative connotation. It is where we get the word for hedonism, or they're just obsessed with what they want. They're not even thinking about others. They're not thinking about being blessed so they can be a blessing. They're not rejoicing with others that have already received. They're just blind to everybody else and self-focused completely upon themselves. And in fact, they're not even thinking about the kingdom. They're just wanting to have their stuff so they can consume it upon themselves. And the word consume is a Greek word which means to waste, to squander, to squander one's money, to squander one's time, to squander your energy, to squander your resources. Now, God wants to bless all of us. He does. He wants to restore what's been taken from us. He wants to heal our bodies. He wants to give us finances. God is in the restoring business. Never forget that. But when we're just thinking about ourselves and we're not kingdom-minded and we've become so low-level in our behavior that we're slugging it out and angry with other people that have received because we haven't received yet, we are in a wrong place. We're not asking to begin with. We're just going about to establish things by ourselves. That's not a good way to get started. And number two, if you're just blind to the needs of others and you're just focused on yourself, hmm, you're probably not asking right. It's not the right kind of faith. It's not the right kind of motivation. And James in these verses says motivation is very important. And if your motivation is not right, you're probably asking badly, incorrectly, wrongly, or as the King James Version says, you ask amiss. Well, first of all, you need to pray. You need to pray. If you haven't prayed, why not? Here you are into the project already. You haven't even prayed. Secondly, when you pray, you need to make sure you're kingdom-minded, that you want to be blessed, you want to get everything back so you can be a blessing to somebody else and not just be thinking only about yourself. That's what James says in these verses. I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. Do you know how to partner with the Holy Spirit and work with God? Do you know what to do to make the Holy Spirit feel comfortable in your life and how to throw open the door for Him to do powerful work in your life? 
In this five-part series, Partnering with the Holy Spirit and Planning for the Future, Rick Renner teaches you how to roll out the red carpet to welcome the Holy Spirit's partnership in your life, what to do if you grieve the Holy Spirit and feel you've lost something spiritually along the way, how the grace of God can change everything in your life, how the Holy Spirit can help you plan for today, tomorrow, and the future. Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10. This series is a life changer. In addition to this teaching series, you can also get the book, The Holy Spirit in You. In this book, Rick will bring you to an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and show you how to operate in spiritual gifts. You can know the Holy Spirit intimately and be better equipped to partner with Him in every area of your life. But you need to know how to do it. This powerful book can be yours for just $15. Don't delay ordering your copy. These two powerful teachings are available to you today. The series Partnering with the Holy Spirit and Planning for the Future and the book The Holy Spirit and You. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner and right now I'm standing in what's going to be the future studio for our television ministry in Moscow, Russia. Who would have ever believed that we would be broadcasting the Word of God from Moscow to the ends of the earth, but that's exactly what's happening. Romans 10, 18 says their words will go into all the world, their voice to the ends of the earth, and it's really happening. And my friends, we're constructing the studio. Look at it. The walls are starting to go up. And within just two weeks, this entire building will be standing with the roof, the doors, the windows, everything. And then the work begins on the interior. And I get so excited thinking that right where I'm standing is where I'm going to be seated looking into the camera to teach the Word of God to people all over the world who are crying out and who are saying, God, please send us someone with teaching that we can trust. I believe that's our assignment. Proverbs 10:21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And I know our job is to feed many the Word of God. And we do it because of the anointing and because of your help as partners. Thank you for being part of the giving team that's making this come to pass. And if you're not already a part of the giving team, please, would you pray about joining us to help us make this dream become a reality? We're off to a good start, but we need to finish and we need as many people as possible to participate. So I welcome you to our giving team and I thank you in advance for everything that you're going to do. Well, today we've been looking at James chapter four and we've seen two reasons why James readers had not received what they needed. First, they didn't pray. They just went about to do things by themselves. That's a low-level way to behave. Secondly, when they finally did pray, they didn't pray correctly, and they prayed with a wrong motivation. These are two reasons why they were not receiving. And my friends, I want to tell you that maybe you're going about to regain something that you've lost or you're trying to achieve something. You need to pray first. Make sure you pray. And secondly, make sure you're praying with the right motivation and connect with the Holy Spirit. 
because the Holy Spirit is the one who will show you how to pray. And that's why I want you to have my brand new series, which is called Partnering with the Holy Spirit and Planning for Tomorrow and the Future. It's five parts and it comes in multiple formats with a study guide. And we're also offering you right now my book, which is called The Holy Spirit in You, Working Together as Heaven's Dynamic Duo. You know, when you partner with the Holy Spirit, He shows you how to pray. He shows you when your motives are right, when your motives are wrong. The Holy Spirit shows us everything we don't know. He shows us how to plan for today, how to plan for tomorrow, how to plan for the future. My friends, you need to know the partnership of the Holy Spirit. So please order your book today. And remember that if you need prayer, give us a call or send us your email so we can pray for you. But I speak the blessing of God to you in Jesus' name and the partnership of the Holy Spirit. I'll be back tomorrow, but remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power.